Previously on A Very Special Quest Friends. Attention student body of Clone High. I hope everyone is having a lovely time at the Industrial Arts Fair. However, it has come to my attention that amidst the swath of positive reviews of this event, one miserable little curmudgeon has left a negative review, and per the conditions of my bet with John Stavos, <laughs> I must now cancel the Industrial Arts Fair. I mean, I feel like we can probably get away with letting the event go on. I mean, who even posts reviews in newspapers anymore? The PTO! And he unfurls the newspaper again. The one at the bottom just says, This fair sucks. Signed, Matinee. I also need to text and sigh hard. Because you know who leaves bad reviews in the newspaper? My ex! I have a tip about the matinee. I wanted to see the review published, and I saw it published. And so I can tell you. And he takes out a manila envelope. This is like the kind they have in the main office, the one next to the teacher's lounge. Did this belong to someone specific here in the office? No, but I remember the three students who asked for the envelopes. They were Pliny the Younger, uh. William Randolph Hearst, and... Aurelian. The manila envelope is just going to rip a little bit in Zenobia's hands. <laughs> also in Pliny's hands when he hears that the other Pliny, the lesser Pliny, is involved <laughs> somehow in this plot over here. So we're cutting back to Pliny and Zenobia, and you were off to find William Randolph Hearst, who you know to be in the newspaper office, and you do find him at the doorway going, What's all this then? Yelling at someone inside. Hello? Actually, Zenobia's gonna hold up a hand. Let's see where this intrigue leads. Okay! <laughs> Pliny is not, is not the quiet type, I have decided. <laughs> Are you trying to make the paper sensational again, Wells? Wells doesn't respond. He comes over and tries to stop the printing press. This might be an opposing role. Um, no. No? He stops the printing press successfully, shuts it down, and Wells goes, Huh, what's weird with the printing press today? We've got to go quickly! And he just moves and just shoulder checks William Randolph Hearst as if not noticing he is even there, flips it back on and then goes back to what he was doing. Wells, what's this all about? Now see here, I've been made a mockery by you once and I won't be again. I have a lot to atone for, for the real William Randolph Hearst. I don't want to end up like him, publishing a rag full of gossip and incendiary news. I want facts in my paper. I have a hard enough time with William Apollinaire and with you. You can't be running the printing press. Not responding to what he's saying. Wells is doing his thing. He just independently looks up and sees William Randolph Hearst mid monologue and just goes, excuse me, can I help you? 
You've never once helped me in your life. Well, I don't... I don't believe we've met before. Who are you? God damn it, Wells. All right, Plenty, let's get in there. And Zenobia is going to, like, kick open the door entirely unnecessarily and burst in. Plenty <laughs> just will, like, pop through the now open door and just be like, hello! Ah! Randy, hey! Love what you've been doing with the newspaper lately. Quick question. Uh, just a small clerical thing that me and Plenty were working on for student council business. Just down by the administrative office, and Mr. Butlertron said that you came by there a few days ago to request some manila envelopes. Could you maybe go into more detail as to why you needed those? Well, I needed the manila envelopes for the paper, and also some personal matters. And what exactly about the paper were you uh, using them for? Hmm? Could you elaborate on what personal matters those could be and are they connected with either Pliny the Lesser or Aurelian? Did someone say Pliny the Younger? I think he would make an excellent reference point for my film. Well says, looking directly past William Randolph Hearst. Excuse me? That, that other Pliny who just dares use my name as the Younger should be corrected as Pliny the Lesser, as he is nothing. If you want to use a Pliny for whatever piece of media you're planning, Wells, I think you should use me. Isn't he like genetically your nephew or something? What 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 is your what is your beef with the ever plenty? Well, theoretically he he is in the sense that yes, but <laughs> He has not earned the name of Pliny because he he has not followed my medical remedies. So because of that, I have taken away uh, all relations with me. And yet he dares use the same name as mine. Okay. Yeah, now this makes a lot more sense now. Thank you very much, Pliny. Anyway, Hurst, what did you need the envelopes for? Were you by chance submitting something to your paper? A little op-ed? Based on a bet our principal may or may not have made with the actor John Stamos. Why would I need a manila envelope to submit to my own paper? If you wanted to keep it anonymous, you would. If I wanted to keep it anonymous, I would just remove my name. No, no, no. That's not what I needed a manila envelope for. What did you need it for, then? He glances at Wells, and then at the floor. Nothing. You know, Plenty... I know, he's looking kind of pale. Mm. You think those might be pustules forming? Maybe he has smallpox. Like, I don't know. His DNA is from, like, before we wiped out the disease with vaccines, so maybe the virus hid in there. And I, I think maybe you might need to might need to treat him. Oh, really? And then, like, approach his face, like, super, super close, like, with a little magnifying glass that he's just going to whip out out of nowhere <laughs> that he stole from the industrial arts fair at some point. <laughs> like, oh. I believe you might be right. Oh, no, no worries, though, because I have just the perfect things here. And he's going to be like rummaging through his little bag and be like, oh, okay, perfect, perfect. Just put this little ointment here in your face. Don't really ask me what's in it, because sometimes when people ask me, they sound a little bit grossed out. But really, really, it's a foolproof remedy over here. So if you just let me just put this little cloth on your face, and it's going to be like a cloth that he's going to pour some things that smelled really terrible, and it looks all like grody, and try to put it on his face. Hurst, have you ever... Drank a mixture of killer whale testicles and asphalt. Because <laughs> you're about to, unless you tell us. 
everything <laughs> about those envelopes. Ari, I want you to roll because because <laughs> uh, Willie Willie's fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just 1d6, right? Yep, just 1d6. And do you have any ranks in anything physical that would help? I don't. I rolled a 5, though, so... You fucking succeed! (laughs) You're you're just like... And it's not even like you're trying to be aggressive, necessarily. You're just like, you're being... No, he really is trying to help. Yeah, you're being really nice about it. And you don't understand why Willie's like, no! (laughs) Just this gross... Thing on his face. Well, this work because as you're like forcing him back on the table without knowing it, you have just intimidated the fuck out of William Randolph Hearst, and he's like, "Fine, fine, I'll tell you." And then, um, he reaches behind him at like a desk drawer and pulls it open, and then takes out the Manila envelope and says, "I just needed it to store my headshots." And inside the middle envelope are like headshots and a full acting resume. <laughs> and he hands it to you and then side eyes Wills and goes, He never even asked me to be in his movie. Oh, oh Willie, that's so sweet. And you should definitely pursue your dreams. I think personally, you would be an incredible actor. And I really want to see you more in drama club, film club. I have some connections. I can put in a good word. Thank you. Would you do that for me? Absolutely. She's going to smack Wells on the arm. (laughs) You should let Willie audition in your big movie. Charlie Foster Kane would. (laughs) Take a gold star. Tom gets a gold star for that one. Yes. Oh, Charlie, Willie. Oh, yes. Hurst, Hurst, I have something very important to talk to you about. You do? Something only you can do for me. Really? And the music is swelling. I'm, I'm looking at him very determined. And then from behind my back, I pull a stack of the printed newspapers and dump them in his arms and say, put those around all of the school. He looks down at the stack in his hand and says, well, a lot of actors get their starts as gophers. I can do this for you, Wells. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, you... And I do think. <laughs> well, you're Randolph Hurt, but you're going to put me in your movie, right? Yeah, you're going to put him in your movie, right? I'm gone. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> <sighs> so, Marcel, you, last we checked in with you, were standing up in the bathroom, ready to be useful. <laughs> after having the best pep talk with Abe. <laughs> after having a really meaningful pep talk with Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Hitting a toilet with wrenches. <laughs> the scene I definitely planned for. What has that inspired you to do now? He is going to leave the bathroom and in the hallway, crouch down again and stand the wrench up on one end. And then like write in Sharpie L and then hurry off. What an incredible installation. I love it. He does say to it, as he walks away, let him write a review of that one. <laughs> Take a gold star. I really like that. <laughs> I have a gold star. It feels good. Oh, yeah. I didn't explain this when I gave Tom his gold star either. But gold stars are a mechanic in the game that we're playing. It's like XP. I give people gold stars if they do something that really tickles me. And then um, they can use that to add plus two to a roll instead of plus one. Or they can use it to remove a consequence that I impose for a failure, or they can use it to add something weird to the scene, but we don't really need (laughs) more weirdness. a mechanic to do that. We just already do. We do that all the time. 
so I'm I'm <laughs> he doesn't know where to go. It's the problem. To be useful, he doesn't know that everyone is now in the newspaper room. And leaving there to go somewhere else, too. Well, well, I can say that, like, we're passing and Pliny turns around and sees Marcel and he's like, Oh, there you are! We lost you for a second! We did a bunch of different things, but, uh... Right now, I, I am particularly looking for Pliny the Lesser, formerly known as Pliny the Younger, as he has some explaining to do if you want to join us in asking him some explanations. I also cured William Brandon Hertz of the pox. <laughs> it would be contagious, but probably not now that I gave him my fail-safe Pliny cure. I was crying in a bathroom, but I'm okay now. Oh, I'm glad you're okay now. Come on, come on. Please let me know how you get, got better from crying, because I can write that down for my next uh, list of foolproof cures. Friendship. Hmm. All right. Well, you were in the bathroom, so I am just going to write <laughs> toilet water. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that does a take a gold star, Ari. You know, everybody oh! has a gold star except for Wells, the greatest Durafield maker of all time. Oh no, we all start with a gold star, baby. Oh, that's right. We do. No, we don't. Do we? Well, you have one gold star and everybody has two. Hot diggity dog. Fine. Everybody's got a... That's a rule that I knew before we started. I think the administrator should be allowed to take away gold stars when she wants to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to Wells. Paddington's already done it for him. <laughs> So you would know Pliny the Elder that Pliny the Younger is in Debate Club. So that's presumably the area you go to. So as you group of four approach the Debate Club, the debate that was happening is just wrapping up. On one side, Ayura, in conclusion, as part of my heralded family legacy and in duty to democracy, I hereby declare... Term limits are for losers! There shall be no term limits on the student council! On the other side, Pliny the Younger is aghast and says, You know, for my part, I think it's just sort of a common sense argument to say that term limits should be imposed, especially on the student council, because, um, well, students graduate, and that kind of already imposes limits. So, in conclusion, uh, common sense. <laughs> And he'll notice you as you walk in and say, like, Uncle Pliny, how dare you still use that familial title when I have renounced all of our ties since you have renounced using and promoting my cures for the benefit of the student body? Oh, well, Uncle Pliny, I didn't mean to renounce your cures per se. I just meant to avoid them, (laughs) sort of. You know, you know, I just, um... Common sense, you know? Well, common sense stand no light to my foolproof cures. But in addition to that, you have to explain some news we got about you and a certain manila envelope. A manila envelope? Whatever do you mean? Oh, we simply heard from Mr. Butlertron that you were in the school office recently and asked to borrow some. Why was that? I sure know that it wasn't for any headache cures. <laughs> well, um, you've got me there. I wouldn't have gotten a manila envelope for headache cures. And as he's thinking, he's taking all of his papers for the debate and like tapping them on the table to stack them together. And then he puts them in the manila envelope. It's manila envelope, manila envelope. And he seals it and goes, 
No, I don't think I've ever had occasion to use one, Uncle Pliny. They will like slowly approach the. I assume we notice that he put the thing in a manila envelope. Oh yeah, he's doing it right in front of you. He'll slowly approach it again <laughs> with his little magnifying glass, like he did with like the fox thing, being like, "Ah, oh, and pray tell me then, what is this thing you are holding right now? It seems awfully familiar and close looking to a Manila envelope, former Pliny. This, oh." I do suppose you're right. This is a manila envelope. You know, I just have so many important papers I put in so many important folders that I just lose track of all of them. You know how it is. Oh, I'm sorry you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Getting back on subject for a moment, Pliny, have any of your folders ever made their way to, say, the newspaper? You know, submitting any sort of article or review... Just wanted to make sure that we were accurately keeping track of your club's operations to make sure that nothing is unaccounted for when your club comes up for school funding at the meeting next month with the student council. It's just important that I make sure everything's jotted down correctly. I wouldn't want, you know, there to be some sort of weird technicality that cuts some of your funding. But why ever would there be a technicality to cut some of our funding? The debate club, we have five whole members. That is so many more members than last year. It was just me and JFK over there, arguing back and forth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he says, sticking his head sideways into the shot <laughs> in the background. I love debates. Thank you, JFK. <laughs> so you're saying that you've never submitted anything to the school newspaper? Goodness, no, just information about when we meet, but I certainly haven't done that recently. Why ever do you ask? Oh, you know, just um, tracking down a lost manila envelope that may have been misplaced in the school mm. newspaper with an anonymous review of some kind. Just wanted to make sure I returned it to the right person, you know? Yes, yes, I suppose you would. Have you, um, have you, um, have you talked to Aurelian lately? Ah, yes, that is the third student that we have not seen today, Zenobia, comma, queen. I bet he would have the information we need. No, I haven't had a chance to see him yet, you know? I haven't run into him. Oh, are we talking about Aurelian? Uh, if someone has his phone number, I'm happy to give him a call right away. Oh, please do, Mr. Wells. Um, please, don't call me Wells. N no, to a shame, I just don't have his, his phone number anymore. Not these days. If I texted my ex for you, you can text your ex for us. That would be... That would be great if I if I had his phone number, which I don't. JFK sticks his head in and goes, Are you talking about Aurelian? We're on the football team together. We spend a lot of time in each other's company. He's a real rad dude. Might be a different Aurelian. I don't know. It could, could be a lot of guys with that name at this school. A, a lot of Romans here. Uh, I several Romans here in the room right now. Listen, there are only two people in the entire school that share the exact name and we're both standing here and this should be corrected soon, Pliny. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of a lot of Romans had like the exact same fucking name. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck their problem was. I just, I just love naming every single son Gaius Julius, Armanus, Caesar, or some shit like that. I don't... But... That name isn't Aurelian. You know what? That's not important right now. 
The important thing is... The important thing is I'm calling him right now. <laughs> JFK has been like looking for his number the entire time you're talking and he's already on the phone. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're a hey cool guy is. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's me, JFK. Ayura Zenobia's here. What do you mean you broke up? Well, you didn't tell me that. Well, that kind of makes things awkward now. Ayura kind of look like a jackass now. <laughs> do you want to talk to her? Fucking no. <laughs> Blah, 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 He, like, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to navigate the situation, so then he puts the phone down, and then brings it back up to his ear, and then puts it down again, like, he just needs to distance himself from it before thinking, and then he reaches back up and says, I don't know who I'm voting for for student council president yet. Okay. She's uh she's uh looking for uh for an envelope. Zenobia's gonna slap the phone right out of JFK's hand. <laughs> give me a roll to do that. Alright. I'm gonna spend a gold star to give myself a plus two on this. I rolled a fucking six anyway. Oh my god! Nice, nice work. Alright. Hyper success. You whack the phone so hard out of JFK's hand that he flinches back. And it breaks against the wall behind him. Oh, no. <laughs> I will buy you a new phone later, JFK. Hit, hit me up later. Call me. Uh... I can't. You broke my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, need to go ask for a ride because I can't text Cleo now. <laughs> he, he leaps. He's gonna, he has to go ask his girlfriend, his weekend girlfriend, for a ride. All right, team. I'm half tempted to spend a gold star. So that Cleo is not there when he arrives, because oh, in the meantime, no. Lincoln has talked to her <laughs> and successfully convinced her to let him be her weekend boyfriend. God, you can do that if you want. Yeah, I'm spending a gold star. That's that's happening now. All right, that's happening in the background. He's showing up. <laughs> God, we just made an, an actual clone hype main <laughs> characters episode in the middle of all this bullshit. I love it. I'm so upset. All right, team. Come on. Let's all around again. This is going to be our toughest fight yet. This goes straight to the top. The true culprit behind all of this. The one illegitimate rival for student council president. When we bust this case wide open, I think this could have some serious ramifications on the election. So I want to know that we are all on our A game when we when we go face a rally. Paddington will pay! Oh, please, I am always on my A-game, Zenobia, comma, queen. Yeah, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, straight and You know, I've been feeling a lot better after hitting a toilet with a wrench. Maybe that's something that you should- I don't need to hit a toilet with a wrench! <laughs> Are you sure? It's true, what, what you probably need is some toilet water with some cinnamon in it to quench your anger, Zenobia, comma, queen. I can prepare you that concoction after this is done. No, 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 no. It's it's all okay. Let's just get everything together. Gonna straighten hair again. Going to get out there. All right. That fuckboy will be hanging out with most of the rest of the football team, looking at where JFK was slinking away. <laughs> Over by the bleachers right about now. So let's go out there. Let's bust this case wide open. 
And as everyone leaves, Wells looks out and he has a moment of contemplation. Um, of course. And he looks at Zenobia walking in the distance away from everyone else and he just goes, I found my Charlie Kane. <laughs> Fucking perfect. So as you all make your way to the bleachers where the football team, Sans JFK, who needs to go ask his girlfriend for a ride, are hanging out, you hear, So I said, who wouldn't want a QB as president? Am I right? Like, just like, it's assumed I'm the leader on the field. It's assumed I'm going to be the one to run for student council president. You, you hear me? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. So I, I, got, I got all your votes, right, broskies? And they say, ah, yeah. I have a question. It makes sense that I dated Guillaume because he has beautiful eyes, but- You need to stop this line of thought right now, Marcel. <laughs> right fucking now. And Marcel continues to approach, blinding in the sunlight in his foil. Oh god, he's still wearing the foil! I forgot about that. He didn't plan on going outside. He's hurting his own eyes. As Aurelian turns, he happens to turn at the same time the sun perfectly glints off of your tin <laughs> outfit. And it's just like, ah, Sol Invictus. Hello, Aurelian. We are here. All of us, Wells, Marcel, and Zenobia, comma, queen, and me, Pliny. Zenobia is going to like try to stand on a bleacher like above where he is and like cross her arms, try to do a little bit of a hair flip and say, Hey Aurelian, heard you've been in the student office lately. Now what might be an up and coming candidate like you doing there? Well, I don't see how that's any of your, of your uh, business, Zenobia. Well, uh, Aurelian, it's my business because Principal Scudworth has looking into things. Student council business now. So, uh, what you need with all the manila envelopes? Don't have any at home, hmm? I thought you'd want the student council elections to be cancelled. <laughs> oh, 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 that, ooh, ooh. Oh, I just mentioned all the frat boys. Oh! 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 Someone pulls out an air horn from fucking nowhere. The Vuvuzela. Oh, no, please. It's John Philip Sousa. You just... Love the sound of your own voice, don't you? You were just like this too, always just like, oh yeah, I thought you wanted that, babe. Oh, I, I, I just assumed that was it. No, fuck you. Hmm? I'm gonna win. Do you know why? Because you're out here on the field with your boys, but I'm, I'm in there in the industrial arts fair. I'm making connections. I'm getting this stupid fucking thing uncancelled for Principal Scudworth. I'm the one getting Hurst in a movie. You're out of touch with the people, Aurelian. You don't know what they want. I'm not, a, not out of touch with the people. I play touch football. I tackle them all the time. You ever asked if people want to play touch football with you? I mean, they probably did if they were in a touch football game with you. <laughs> but like, how many people is that out of a student body, huh? There's got to be like at least a couple thousand clones that go here. Is it clone high? They can't. Be, they're not all in one touch football game. You can't have a touch football game with a few thousand people, huh? Babe, babe. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> that was part of my platform. Remember, we talked about it. I was going to make a flag football team for the people who didn't want to play touch football. See? Exactly that shit. 
it's always about fucking football with you or the Roman Empire or fucking Sol Invictus, your shitty sun god. He crosses himself, even though that is not the appropriate religious <laughs> expression of, of no, but it's the only one I know. So that's what he does. Don't you dare bring Sol Invictus into this. Look, I don't care. Are you admitting you sent that review? What review? You're sending your mixed messages the way that you always do. Stick to one thing and tell me that. You just said, oh, I thought, I thought you wanted the election to be canceled. So you know why it's canceled, huh? The expression on Aurelian's face is, is the face of someone who's <laughs> fucked up, but he's also a man. So I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck you. Fuck you. Where's Befoller? Undo it. Write in again and say there was a misprint. You think I wrote the letter? He finally puts the pieces together, then taps the side of his head. Ah, oh, babe, you always, you always did make things more complicated than they need to be. I didn't write the letter. So find who did and have him undo it. I can't undo what I didn't do in the first place. You know, aren't you, aren't you impressed I had a manila folder to begin with? Did you really fucking think that would win me back, having a manila folder? Is that, is that your real plan? I thought it would prove I was serious. <laughs> oh, oh my god! What the fuck? Oh, wait, what are you- f A manila fucking folder? Only really super serious people have them, and I didn't even know how to pronounce it at first, but Mr. Buttertron told me. I don't care. Why? I don't care if you're serious. I care that you didn't want me to run for the election. I wanted that. It's always about you. <laughs> well, who else would it be about? <laughs> Me as well. That's what our relationship is. I don't get it. <laughs> you know what, Aurelian? This isn't worth my time because you know what? I'm going to show you what a mistake you've made. I'm going to show you that I can crush you in the election and I can crush you on this too. I don't even know why I'm bothering you about this anyway, because Wells just printed like some absolute bullshit <laughs> about Paddington earlier today. <laughs> I can just have him reprint a retraction anytime I want. I pull out my tape recorder and I play a little bit and it plays. Soul Invictus, I wrote the review. I want the student council elections to be canceled. That was part of my platform. God, I do fucking, write the letter. That's fucking. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That's called, that's called slander. It's called entertainment, Aurelian. Now that's, 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 that's. Look, look, you can't, you can't publish that. All right, look, I don't have the envelope. I can, I can tell you who took it off me. It was really embarrassing. If you just don't publish that. I can't, I can't be, I can't be heard caring about the industrial arts fair. Who? I played again. I'd be caring about the industrial arts fair. <laughs> he throws his hands up and like, fine, fine. You know what? You know what? It got stolen by Eric Arthur Blair. Who? Oh, that's right. He goes by, uh, by, uh, George Orwell. George Orwell came in, sucker punched me and took me in the last <laughs> Oh, did that really happen to you, Aurelian? That's honestly... Unironically, I'm just sorry that that happened to you. That sounds really mean. It was really embarrassing. I bet it was. He's a nerd. I bet it was. And that took a lot of courage to admit in front of all your friends and me. I really tried. 
But if you'll excuse me, uh, we've got to wrap this thing up. So let's get out of here, gang. Don't worry, I won't run it in the paper. Wouldn't be worth my time. You're a real queen, Zenobia. <laughs> I know. And Zenobia pulls out her phone and deletes Aurelian's number. Wow. Oh, shit. Good for Zenobia. again for listening to our very special episode of Clone High. I mean Quest Friends, our episode of Quest Friends, based off of Clone High, and run using the School Days system by Tracy Barnett. We will continue to the stirring conclusion in a bit, but first, a very important announcement. Season 2 cometh! It is on the horizon! We are releasing our Season 2 reveal trailer on Monday, March 14th, and then on the day of the release, Kyle is running a casual stream at 6pm CDT, We'll talk a little bit about season two and answer any questions from the viewers. And that is uh, 6 p.m. CDT after daylight savings time ruins our lives. So 6 p.m. CDT in the future, the future 6 p.m. CDT time. So just make sure you got that. It's the future. In the following weeks after that trailer, there will be some special introductory content like an episode zero and a crossover world building episode with James DeMotto from the One Shot Podcast Network. For now, though, as always, there's content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash questfriends. Since last episode, Patreon backers have gotten some character artwork wallpapers, which is actually free to everyone. Not everything on our Patreon is locked behind a bag right here. And then there's also a bonus episode where everyone discusses the original plans for season one slash the flashback future and the cookie crew that never came to pass. And eventually there will be stuff relating to our new current, our new season that will be current if, the new season, the, the the season that the trailer is premiering on March fourteenth for, we'll have we'll have stuff for that, you know, eventually. So just so so our Patreon is cool, and you should check it out. And now back to a very special episode of Quest High, Clone Friends. So you would all know that George Orwell hangs out in the library because he's a book nerd. 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 Yeah, he likes animal books. And farm books, too. The cow goes moo, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) I want us to, like, advance into the library in, like, a V formation with Zenobia at the tip of the spear, marching up to, like, Orwell's table. Looking all threatening with the... 
foil cone hat crunching <laughs> and like a bunch of randomness. Yeah, like one one of us looks like a Victorian Tin Man, but it's fine. We're still looking powerful. The slosh of animal urine in jars from yes, powerful <laughs> of all of his stuff he has. Extraordinarily powerful. It's just like I always say with Maddie and Zetian. We're here to gaslight, gatekeep, and girl boss our way through life. <laughs> I am not a girl, but I am a boss, so I, I can <laughs> I can ascribe to those words. Anyway, I wanna just I wanna do like the quiet arm slam on George Orwell's table. He's startled and looks up from his little books and papers. Hello, matinee. He pushes the chair back from the table and books it. You have to chase him now! Whoa! You scared him so fast! Let's fucking go. Yeah, give me a give me a chase him down roll. I'm debating whether or not I should try to use my my rank here, or if I should just use my other gold star. Ah, fuck it. Let's use a gold star. Alright, do it. Plus two. That's a six. Holy shit! He pushes his chair back and gets up to run, but before he's even fully up from the chair, you're just on top of him. Like, you're just, no! <laughs> just dive straight over the table to <laughs> yeah. tackle him. As you've pinned him on the floor, he's like squirming under you and he's like, listen, listen, they promised me if I did it, they'd let me in! <sighs> the picture book club. <laughs> Wait, who? I genuinely not heard of this club. Who's in picture book club? Only the coolest writers around. They think they're so cool with their secret literary society won't let George Orwell in. <laughs> Keeping Georgie out. They told me I could get in the club if I wrote the matinee review. But they still haven't let me in. You were duped, Georgie. I was duped. Georgie was duped. No secret literary club is going to open their doors like that. Not for subterfuge. No, if you want in, gotta make your own club. Make them come begging to join your secret literary society. But I don't have a secret literary society. She's gonna throw her arm around, like, his shoulder and say, and, like, do the, the Buzz Lightyear gesture from Toy Story 2. Delicious <laughs> hot schmoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand out, like, gesturing to the distance, like, picture right now, George. Who are your best friends? Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> and Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> So Zenobia was like, oh, like nodding at Susan. Henry VIII just, mm. <laughs> All right, so we can probably set up a club of two people. <laughs> I will make it happen. Susan B. Anthony, she likes books, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many other clones out there who are interested in cool book-related stuff, especially if we ran an ad for your fun new club. Uh, uh. You would do that for Georgie? Absolutely, Georgie. No strings attached. However, it's going to be hard to do that if we miss out on lots of fun school activities like the Industrial Arts Festival, uh, prom, uh, the student council election. If we don't have those, then we're not going to get the money to the school newspaper and we're going to be in class so we won't have time to run up a quick ad or like get you a, a classroom. So I mean, I, I will do this without asking anything of you. I'm not, I'm not going to demand anything for your loyalty. But if you could retract that review right now and say that that was, that was either a misprint or you're, you're having fun at the Industrial Arts Fair, that would help me help you get this club off the ground. 
He's nodding along with you. His eyes are stricken wide in terror and vulnerability. He says, Okay. I know you'll do the right thing, Georgie. Yeah, yeah, I'll do the right thing. In fact, um, they won't let me in the club, but I know how to get in. Do you want to know? Yeah, yeah. He takes out a little piece of paper and he writes down like a Dewey Decimal number on it. And he goes, just find this book in the stacks and then take it out. Oh, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. This is the first time I felt like a politician really had my best interests at heart. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not here to be a politician. I'm here to be everyone's friend. I'm seen. And I do a little clipboard and turn off the camera. Now, I thought that was very good, but Georgie, there was a little too emotion, much emotion on screen. You really overtook the star, as it were. Too much emotion. Much too much emotion. This scenes with humans, you can't get too emotional. Those things just have too much emotion in them when coming from humans. They look comical, unless they're coming from something like animals. And we're not animals, of course. No, we're not animals. That'd be a stupid metaphor. <laughs> he says as he, like, closes a laptop playing Amnesia the Dark Descent, a machine for pigs. <laughs> But I, 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 I can do better next time. Am I, st- am I still going to be in your movie? Well, I can't think of anyone else who wants to be in it, so sure. <laughs> Take a gold star. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm curious if this book is what I think it is. It's exactly what you think it is. And Wells goes and he looks at the number on the Dewey Decibel system and his face goes pale white. Zenobia is going to call Pliny and Marcel over and say, we can just look this up in the library catalog, right? Like, that's a that's a thing. This is like a computer around here somewhere that tells us where a book is, right? There, There's no need to do that, <laughs> Charlie. Sorry, what did you just call me? Let's go see Paddington. You go to the shelf and you find the book there and you remove Paddington. And after you do so, the shelf moves aside, revealing a secret little room hidden in the middle of the library with like a fireplace and armchairs. <laughs> and and it's very luxurious and literary. And as the bookcase slides open, three people look up and at the same time, what the devil? A.A. A. Milne says in the corner. Cripes, we've been had! Doctor Doctor says, oh, no. because he's there. And, oh, someone else is here! Ludwig Bemmelmans says, as he puts down Madeline, because that's what he wrote. Well, well, well. Now, what would you all have to gain from canceling the Industrial Arts Fair? Hmm? I sure am not surprised that you would be behind all this, doctor. I refuse to call you doctor, doctor, as you're not a doctor, doctor. Then call me my real name, he says, removing his stethoscope and only his stethoscope as if it was a disguise. And he says, that's right, it's me, Dr. Seuss, your medical rival. (laughs) What the fuck is this twist? 
Dr. Seuss. I've been waiting all game. And it's time we stop living in the shadows. And he throws down his stethoscope on the table. And A.A. Milne is like, that's right. This, this poppycock. The literature, the book fair. There's no book fair at the industrial arts fair. We're left out again. You think you've had it bad, Wells? Imagine Paddington 2 becoming the best film of all time. How come that bear got to go to London? I can't imagine it because it would never happen. But it did, Wells. You have to see the truth. The truth. The truth is that this garbage, this filth, and he holds up the book, will never hold a candle to real cinema. It is just words and pictures, but not in a moving, exciting fashion. No, you must look at them separately. No unison, and it's full of saccharine nonsense. Is there art behind your one fish? Is there art behind your two fish? What is the difference between a red fish and a blue fish? You cannot tell me. It's the color. (laughs) Color has no place in proper cinema. And Wells is going to angrily start flipping through the book, trying to find examples of like garbage, like this filth here, like, hmm. Well, like, and he puts his finger down again. Hmm. Well, certainly. And while the rest of this conversation happens, he is just going to keep flipping through the book. <laughs> okay, while, while Wells has his little midlife crisis here, uh, you realize you could just, you could just, could just get your own fair maid. We can just do that all the time. Do you know how flimsy the rules are here at Clone High? Principal Scudworth will do just about anything on a dare. You could have just dared Principal Scudworth to make a book fair. He'd do it like that. So Navia Queen is correct in that Principal Skullward does whatever he wants on a dare. I once dared him to eat a whole scorpion, but not because it was any cure. I just told him to do it as a dare and he did it. And it was the funniest thing. A dare. I would never, I would never stoop to something so base to get what I want. No, instead I make secret clubs and exclude people to make them feel bad while I rage about a movie that I've never even seen. Wait, are you... are you also really mad about Paddington 2 specifically? We're all mad about Paddington 2! And then Ludwig Bemelmans kind of raises his hand in the background and says, you know, actually... I'm not that mad about Paddington 2. You know, I, I, as far as film adaptations of my work goes, there's a charming little direct-to-video animated musical adventure comedy drama film that came out in 1999 called Madeline Lost in Paris. That's quite good. Surely a treasured childhood memory. Yeah, I watched that when I was a kid. In many homes. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Jason Alexander's in it. <laughs> it's a treasure. So I've, I, I have no cause for complaint. And then uh, Dr. Dr. Seuss says, God damn it. Well, you know what my legacy is? How come Paddington 2 got a masterful cinema rework when <laughs> my only legacy is now everybody wants to fuck the Onceler? <laughs> Tell me why, Zenobia. Tell me why. <laughs> they shouldn't have made the Onceler have such beautiful eyes. Not you, Marcel. <laughs> I'm just saying, I get where people are coming from a little bit. I mean, don't don't be like that, Dr. Seuss. Like, you've got the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. That was okay, I think. All right, that was pretty good, yeah. It's definitely not as bad as some other children's book things, like oh, that Cat in the Hat movie. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Now that's 
a disaster. Dr. Dr. Seuss puts his hands down at the table and screams. (laughs) 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 Ah! I had completely forgotten about that one. (laughs) You see, you see, we need somewhere to take out our rage. And so we do it like any self-respecting men of literature. We make a secret club and don't do anything about the book fair. (laughs) There is simply no way to solve this problem. What if I offered you a fun little solution where you get to be an officially secret club? It's officially secret because you get official funding and it's in the record, but then we black it out like it's a real redacted file. We just like cross out the bit in the notes where it says you exist. And we get you your very own book fair that goes on at the same time, but it's a secret book fair. So you only know about it through word of mouth or if you like read the notes carefully because we're probably not going to cross it out that well, you know. Why that sounds so prim and proper. That sounds like exactly the high end sort of establishment we want to run and make sure people can't find. Perfect. So... In exchange for that, you would have no problems with allowing this scheme to be undone and let the Industrial Arts Fair go on, and also voting for me in the student council election. Why, yes, that's fine. This review that George Orwell wrote sucks anyway. The man has no talent for literature. Not like us. The Picture Book Club. You watch your mouths. I can give you your official secret club, and I can take it away just as easily. You'd be nicer to your pawns, you hear me? A yes ma'am would be nice. Yes, ma'am. All right. I think my business is concluded. You guys enjoy your uh, secret fireplace room in the library. I think that might be a fire hazard, but I'm not going to look into it too much right now. And I'm going to go tell Principal Scudworth the good news. Bye. Jolly good. (laughs) As as, as, As Pliny leaves, Dr. Dr. Seuss does the I'm watching you thing because they're still medical rivals. That's what Dr. Dr. Seuss considers. Pliny is also doing that, like (laughs) narrows his eyes and like does the like, I'm watching you back gesture as he just walks backwards slowly out of the place. And Ludwig, who is just like pleasant and there is like, it was nice to see everyone again. It was nice to see almost everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Wells will almost catatonically not looking up from the book, just be like, yes, yes, Dr. Seuss sucks, everyone else is great. And he just, his head slowly robotically moves up as he closes the book dramatically with a single hand. I have to go! And he bolts. Once we're back in the library, or in the hallway or wherever, Marcel will turn to Zenobia. Oh! Um, by the way, I don't know if you get a vote in the student council election, but my friend Hugo is running. We're really looking for less governmental oversight, so, uh, you know, vote for Hugo. Zenobia just clenches a fist, (laughs) and that's where I'll cut that scene. (laughs) Next time on a very special quest, friends. Abe finally tells Cleo they need to talk, but will Saturday work for Cleo? JFK gets a scooter, Joan gets a Snickers, and Grigory Rasputin commits tax fraud.
we just cut to JFK lost in the woods in the middle of the night. Oh no. Cleo, Cleo, where are you? Cleo, dads. Ira, don't know how to find people without my phone. <laughs> Cleo, where are you? Cleo. I'm lost. I have no food. All I have around is a deer carcass and a bunch of hungry wolves. Well, wet in Rome, I guess. Ah, uh, this was a Rome-themed episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Could he be suffering from... So sorry, just completely blanked on the name of a disease suddenly. Is it... Is it... Disease? Is that what you're thinking no, of? No, I wasn't going for TB. I was going for, like... Anemia. The one that happens all the time on Totalis, right, Kim? One that keeps racking the Roman Empire. Uh, uh, I think, is it just the flu? Diphtheria? No. What the hell? Smallpox? Smallpox, there we go. Yeah, smallpox. smallpox, that thing that we don't have anymore because of vaccines. Eh, that's like that. <laughs> I want to spend, I want to spend my star point right now. On what? Uh, I want to change something. I want to have an intervention from a character. Okay. I want JFK to pop up on our other side, like, you know, popping out in a cartoon and go, oh, are you talking about, uh, like, in his JFK voice, basically say, are you talking about Aurelian? I have his number right here. Yes. Kyle, fuck you. That was my next plan, but you spoke up before I could interject as JFK. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you have to use your star now. I'm not letting you not use your star, even though that was something I was going to do, <laughs> because I'm mad you said it first. More proof that that specific function of the gold star is fucking useless because we are already about to pull that shit <laughs> all the time. To pull it, you can keep your cool because I'm gonna I'm gonna edit that out until post. You're just gonna do it. You're gonna look cooler from this. Yeah. If you ever want to try to understand what give and take in a relationship is, I came up with a really good metaphor earlier today. You did? Yeah. It's all about weather. So, you know, and he shrugs his shoulders and the the light glints off his foil again and like flashes in people's eyes. I think it's really helpful. If you want to talk about it, you can find me stacking things in various places in the school and or in the bathroom unscrewing toilets. As you're saying these words... You are framed perfectly by the sun behind you, and it is glinting so majestically off of your tinfoil suit. And Aurelian whispers to himself, Sol Invictus. <laughs> <laughs> and he like reaches out and takes your hand and goes, I can learn so much from you. I'll come find you in the toilets. Or stacking things. I'm pretty stacked. We can stack things together. <laughs> like bros. Can we be bros? Marcel nods. There is so much I can teach you about, and his eyes get really wide. Art. That's not a sport, but I can learn. <laughs> and Marcel hurries off. His hat is like bouncing up and down as he jogs because he's fallen behind the rest of the party. That's so cute. I have heard among some circles in the school... That some people consider the Illumination adaptation of The Grinch the best Christmas movie of our generation. <laughs> yeah, they got Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he could go 
this has fully descended into bullshit. <laughs> Respond. You've heard that, really? <laughs> yes, I, I do not think so personally, but I have heard several people, <laughs> uh, particularly Pliny the Lesser, say those those sort of things. 